We're doing Kufid Aleph Amad Aleph. We're going to start from the Mishnah, because we have reached the Mishnah before. We're still discussing the subject of Refuah on Shabbos. So we already touched upon this before, the things that are regular for healthy people to do. So it's not so obvious that you're doing it for health, for, for, for a cure, then you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. So they bring, the Mishnah brings over here a few more examples. One who has a toothache, which a remedy for that would be to rinse it with vinegar, or to do with alcohol, something that would like somehow, somehow numb it in order to relieve the pain. So, the simple understanding of the Mishnah we'll see soon in the Gemara is do not drink, and therefore, and while you're doing that swish, plain vinegar in your mouth, because it's not a regular way, a regular behavior, I'm sorry, a regular behavior for a healthy person. So don't, uh, don't just rinse your mouth and it sounds like even swallow. We'll see in the Gemara, but it sounds like even swallow the vinegar. You can dip your bread in the vinegar and put it into your mouth. And then the vinegar will touch your teeth as well. And they will have some effect of numbing and relieving the pain of the teeth. But it seems as a normal thing. You're just dipping your bread in vinegar. It was a normal way. What they would eat the bread with vinegar. If it helped them, it's not a problem. The problem is not to be cured. The problem is to do activities which are clearly methods of, of curing, which then you might come to grind the herbs. Similar to that. One who has uh, aches on his, on his hips. And they would smear some remedy. So one of the things they would do is they would smear wine, vinegar, again, something sharp, which somehow would relieve the pain. So you cannot smear wine or vinegar because it's not a regular thing to smear yourself when you're healthy with wine or vinegar. In those days, it was a normal thing to smear oil as a moisturizer. And therefore, although you're doing it for health reasons, to cure you, it's not very obvious that it's a cure and therefore it's allowed. Today the Shekhanach actually says it's not allowed because it's not a regular thing to smear oil and therefore if you're doing it for any, to relieve any any a bruise or any pain, you're not allowed to. However, if you want to use rose oil, so then it's a very expensive oil and you would only use it if you need it to heal a specific wound, a specific uh, something that you need to heal. And therefore it's very obvious that it's a cure, that it's a medicine, so it's not allowed. However, B'nai Malachim, princes, are very rich people, which they could afford to smear themselves with rose oil, even as a moisturizer. So, they're allowed to smear rose oil even for a wound. Since in the weekdays, they smear themselves with rose oil for just for pleasure, they can do it on Shabbos as well, even in order to heal themselves. Rabbi Shimon says, no, no, no. Call Yisrael b'nei malachim. Don't make any classes of it here. All Jews are able to be princes, are worthy to be princes. So what if he doesn't have enough money? That's why we wouldn't allow him to, to smear himself with rose oil. If some people use this for pleasure, anybody is allowed to use it for a cure. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Fine. Says the Gemara, when we read the Mishnah that you shouldn't 
swish your mouth with vinegar. What does that mean? Swish and swallow or swish and spit? Swish and spit is obvious that that's, you would only do that in order to cure your, your, your teeth. You're not eating it, you're not drinking it. However, if you're swallowing, do we say no one swallows, no one drinks vinegar? Or do we say no? Sometimes when people want to have a dip, instead of dipping, they take one and the other. So they might take some vinegar and then some bread. Instead of dipping it in the vinegar, I'll take some vinegar and some bread. And therefore, it could look like a normal form of eating. And therefore, maybe it's allowed. Says the Gemara, Ramile. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped. I jumped the gun. I told you something which is going to be soon. We're not holding it yet. We're asking now a very simple question. The Mishnah is basically telling you vinegar is good for your teeth. There's a pasuk which says vinegar is bad for your teeth. So what's the truth? The long Rav Acha, which was Rav Acha Bar Papa, why was he called the long, uh, the tall Rav Acha? Yes, he was tall. The tall Rav Acha told Rabbi Abba, he asked him a, a stir, a contradiction. So now it says in our Mishnah, of one who has a toothache, do not swish it with vinegar, which means that that's a cure. Lemeim and I trying to tell me the choymets mali deshinayim that vinegar is good for your teeth. Vaksid there's a pasuk in Mishnah when he wants to say how bad a lazy person is. Kechoymets deshinayim he's like vinegar for teeth. The kashan leinayim and like smoke for eyes. It's harmful. So is it harmful or is it a cure? Says the Gemara like kashia. There's two things which in Lashon Hakodesh can be called choymets. Choymets means acid. Chamutz. There's the acid of fruits, acidy fruits, when you eat them, that's no good for your teeth. However, real vinegar is good for your teeth. That's one answer. I'm not a doctor, I can't tell you, but that's what it says. Some say no. Really? No, no. Vinegar is good and bad. It depends. Like many medicines. If there's a wound, it's helpful. If not, it's, it's, it's harmful. Why? If there's a wound, it cures. If there's no wound, makes things loose. What does that mean? Vinegar makes, um, how do you say it? It like makes, uh, give me the right word for it. Um, one second. It... What it basically does is it makes things like, like more compressed. It makes things more compressed. So if you have a wound, it compresses it, and therefore it heals the wound. If there's no wound, what does it compress? The gums. If it compresses the gums, so then, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works. It compresses the gums and makes the teeth spread apart from each other. I would think the other way around. But I guess it spreads it apart it makes that the, the, the I guess when, this, when the gums are, 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 are more like fresh and full and moist, so they grow and they can like, they, 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 the teeth are closer to each other. If they're dried out a bit more, they're like closer to the bone and closer to the jaw and more spread out. So the teeth are more spread out. So it makes the teeth loose. It makes them far from each other, which you don't want to get food stuck within your teeth or whatever it is. It's not good. So vinegar is harmful for teeth if you have nothing else to compress. However, if you have a wound to compress, then it's helpful. Fine.
Okay, obviously, I don't know explanation for the first answer, but that's that's the second answer. Okay. Says the Mishnah, You may not swish it with vinegar. Don't swish and spit out. You may swish and swallow because it still looks like Rashi says as if you're doing a pre-dip. We'll see soon. In other words, you're, you're, you're like using it as a dip. You're eating bread and drinking some vinegar. It still looks like eating. You're right. When it says do not swish it, it means it means swishing and spitting out. That's what the Mishnah means. Rav Omar says, no, it could be that our Mishnah is even saying you're not allowed to swallow it. Before you're eating bread, people may take a bit of vinegar and then eat the bread as if it's being dipped in vinegar in their mouth. However, if they finish their bread already, they're not going to drink vinegar. Why should they drink vinegar? And therefore, if you're drinking vinegar after bread, that's not allowed. That's obvious that you're doing it for a cure. If you're drinking it before bread, that is allowed. That's Rav's explanation. <laughs> Says the Gemara, one second. Is that the way you hold, Rava? You hold that an act can be usher at some times and muter at other times, depending if it's a regular thing at that particular time? I heard from you, Rava, a different logic. What is that? Says the Gemara, Minema, let us say, since you're allowed to drink the vinegar before dipping the bread into it, you should be allowed after dipping the bread as well. Why? The Shamina Layla Rava, we have heard from Rava elsewhere, the Islay Hoyu. He holds the concept of Hoyu since. Since it is allowed at one time, it's allowed at other times as well. What are we talking about? He says like this The rule is that. Um, you're not allowed to toivel kalim on Shabbos or Yom Tif. Like today with Tfilas Kalim, you're not allowed to do it. In the past when they used to be careful with Tuma and Tara, you wouldn't be able to toivel it because it's as if you're fixing the kalim. It's, it's like fixing, you're allowing it to be used, you're like fixing it. It's like Makkah What about a person? A person who is tummy, a person who needs to toivel because he is tummy. So... Are they also fixing themselves? Maybe that's a problem. So the halacha is that they're allowed to because people could also go for a dip to wash themselves, to cool themselves up. Halachically, that would be allowed definitely in cold water and, or in lukewarm water maybe. So they're going to, 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 to bathe themselves. So it's not very obvious that he's going to fix himself. And therefore, he's allowed to toivel on... Shams. Now, what about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to bathe. But let's say he needs to, I don't know, go to the base of Mikdash. He wants to see the Avodah and he's, okay, he wouldn't be able to because he's, uh, he would be a tool yim. For whatever reason, he needs to table now and, and it's Yom Kippur. Is he allowed to table? Now, regarding the issue of washing yourself in Yom Kippur, tabling wouldn't be a problem because your intention is not to bathe yourself, to enjoy it. The intention is a mitzvah. So he'd be allowed to table. But it doesn't look like you're bathing yourself because you're not allowed to bathe yourself. Are you allowed? So, says the Gemara, we have heard from Rava that you're allowed to. Why? Since on Shabbos it's allowed because then it's regular. Chacham never forbade it. 
Since Chacham and Ebed Rebbeinet, that's it. You're allowed to do it even on Yom Kippur. So the same logic would apply over here. If it's a normal thing at some time to drink vinegar, then Chacham never forbade to drink vinegar. If they never forbade to drink vinegar, you can drink it whenever you want. Who cares if now it's regular or not? You don't make such small differentiations. You look at the general rule. Did Chacham forbade such a thing or not? Let's see. The, Shem, uh, the Omar Rava Rava said, Lack of midi, there is nothing. The Bishabbos Shari, which couldn't be allowed on Shabbos, will be also besides eating, obviously. And in Kippur will, be not, will not be allowed. Um, any of the Molochis. So, Hoyle, the Bishabbos Shari, since on Shabbos you're allowed to toivel, Bishabbos Shari, you're allowed to toivel in Kippur as well. So, what do we see? That we do apply a heter, even in the case that it's not really within with logic, wouldn't be wouldn't apply because Rabbanan never made exeter. So the same thing should, should apply over here. Take vinegar whenever you want. Says, what are you right? When Rava said that statement, that was a later stage, and he changed his mind. He took back what he said over here. He eventually agreed to Abaya that you're allowed to drink vinegar to cure your teeth whenever you want. Says, what who says? You have two contradicting statements. He definitely took back one of them. How do you know which? Maybe he took back that a uh, 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 Tommy's not allowed to toivel in Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, who tells you that he took back the the idea of drinking vinegar after dipping? Dilma, maybe maybe he took back the idea of of uh, of uh, toivling in Yom Kippur. Maybe he holds you not allowed to toivel in Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, I can't say that the Tani is a clear price which supports the opinion of Rav about Yom Kippur. The Tani says, "Kol Chayvit Tfilus Rav needs to toivel." is a clear thing that it's in Yom Kippur as well. So if you're allowed to do it in Yom Kippur, it's a b'raise. So Rav obviously saw the b'raise and therefore said that later statement. And therefore he must have taken back this statement. And therefore no one argues our Mishnah when it says do not swish your mouth with vinegar. It means do not swish and spit it out. However, if you swish and you swallow, it's fine because there are times that it's normal. And any food which there are times that it's normal, even when you're not eating, taking it in the normal time, it's alone. Okay. Fine. One who's aching in his, in his thigh, in his, in his hip. So he's allowed to smear oil, but not rose oil. That anyone is allowed to smear rose oil. Says the Gemara, one second. Why Reb Shimon? We pass on like Reb Shimon? It's only pass on like Reb Shimon. Are you saying, Lemeim, are you trying to say the Rav Kirab Shimon Svirali? It sounds like usually we don't pass on like Reb Shimon. But maybe he holds that on Shabbos, when Reb Shimon is Mekel, we follow him. And therefore, although Reb Shimon is a Yochid of here, we'll be Mekel like him and we'll say, that you're allowed to smear rose oil, whatever one Jew, whatever is good for the richest man, is good for everyone, maybe. But we can't say that. There's a famous machloikis between Rav and Shimon regarding Dover Miskavin. If you do a malacha without intention, are you allowed to do that or not? So Rav clearly said he not. What is that? He said like this. They would have a barrel with like a, a, um, a hole in the bottom with a, with a, with a plug 
They would open it up to release the wine. Now, the, pl- the barrel was a wooden barrel, and then they put in some sort of a plug. It wasn't always exactly the, re- the right size. So they had to take a cloth and put it around to make sure that it fills in the gaps and it closes tightly. So, says Rav, this cloth, even push it into the barrel of wine. Why? Because you're squeezing out the wine that's absorbed in the cloth. Now, that wasn't my intention. So it must be that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda. That even if it wasn't your intention, you're not allowed. No, 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 no. It's very different. When you're putting back that plug with the cloth, definitely wine will be squeezed out. What is that called? Secretion. Secretion, everyone agrees, is not allowed. In that case, the Bible both say, He agrees that if some, if you cut off a head and you say, but it won't die, you don't say that. And therefore, that's not a proof. Fine. Okay, so there, everyone agrees that you're not allowed to squeeze in that cloth. Okay, so does it have a hold like Rabbi Shimon? But, in this machloikis of Dover Shane Miskavin, Rav clearly says he passes like Rabbi Yehuda that you're not allowed to do a malacha unintentionally. So that means he does not follow Rabbi Shimon even in Shabbos, even in the coolest. So why is he following Rabbi Shimon over here? Okay, now Gavri, the same statement that Rabbi Barashi said. Um, I'm sorry, the, the, the same statement that we know in the name of Rav Barashi and the name of Rav Chonon Barami in the names of Rav and Shmuel, Rav Barami knew it directly. He would repeat it without any introductions, without any in the name of. Rav Amar Lachik Rav Yehuda, Shmuel Amar Lachik Rav Shimon, maybe he heard it himself. But that's what he said, that, that, that he, he knew the, a direct quote that I guess it shows that it's much more accurate. He didn't have to attribute it, maybe not that they directly. He didn't have to attribute it to someone. Everyone knew that. All the Chacham knew that Rav holds the Kerb Yehuda and Shimu holds the Kerb Shimon. So if that's the case, why is he following Kerb Shimon over here? Allah Amarave, Ani, me, Va'arisha Bechabura, and another Talmud Chacham who was the lion of the group, from the strongest of the strongest Talmud Chacham. Umani, who was that lion of the group? So both of us, Targimno, uh, I'm sorry, skip. Targimno, we both explained it. When Rav said, it does not mean that he holds like Rav Shimon. He doesn't hold like Rav Shimon. In this particular case, technically you could follow Rav Shimon for another reason. He does not hold like Rav Shimon's logic. He has a different logic. What's his logic? In Lehman, maybe you'll tell me like this. He holds like Rav Shimon, you're allowed to smear rose oil. Not because, um, not because of what Rav Shimon said, that if it's good for one, it's good for everyone. Rav Shimon held, it does cure, and nevertheless, you're allowed to use it. Rav Masi doesn't cure. And you're allowed to use it because it's useless. Like we said before, any useless remedy is totally fine because it's useless. So this is useless. That's why it's allowed. He's arguing with Reb Shimon in medicine. He holds that it doesn't help. And if it doesn't help, so you can use it. So he went, no, 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 no. You can't say that. 
Rav says that it doesn't cure. Vamidah Katani says in the Mishnah Tanakana said, Bnei Malachim Socham Al Gavim Akiseim Shem and Vered, that princes smear on their wounds rose oil. Miklal Demasi, that shows that it does work. The Tanakama and Rab Shimon both hold that it works. If they both hold that it works, how could you argue and say it doesn't work? Okay. Says the Gemara El Halochik Rab Shimon the Shorty Vilami Tami. He passed like Rab Shimon that he could use rose oil, but not for Rab Shimon's logic. Reb Shimon holds that even if it's very rare to get rose oil, you're still allowed to use it. No, it depends. If it's very common, why not? If it's not common, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to because it's expensive. But if it's not expensive, for some reason, in Rav's place, there are lots of roses, and many people produced rose oil, and it was a very, very common thing. So everyone could use rose oil daily. It was very common. Since it's very common, therefore, there's no problem putting it on your wound, even if you're not a prince, because it's a regular thing like any other oil. So basically, Rav Paschal like Tanakam. You're not allowed to use a rare cure, which rich people use it daily, but you don't, because it's very expensive. You're not allowed to use. However, if that particular ingredient in your place is common, you could use it, because it doesn't look like you're using it as a cure. So we spoke about over here, we spoke about using cures when it is obvious, when it's not obvious, that if it's not obvious, you're allowed to, you're allowed to use a cure, you're allowed to use a, a remedy. For example, vinegar for the teeth, you can use it if you're dipping your bread in it, or even if you drink it. How come? No one drinks vinegar. So the mascara of the Gemara was, you would drink it maybe before eating bread, as a pre-dip. And therefore, since sometimes you would drink vinegar, you can always drink vinegar. However, you're not allowed to swish it and spit it out. Because that's obvious, it's for the teeth, and that's not allowed. Now, is vinegar good for the teeth? There's a process which says that vinegar is harmful for the teeth. So there's two answers in the Gemara. One answer is that fruit acids is, is harmful. However, vinegar is, is good for the teeth. Another answer was that vinegar is good when there's a wound because it compresses the wound. But it's not good when there's no wound because it compresses your gums and then it stretches it out and it makes that the, the teeth are spread apart from each other. So that's no good. Then we spoke about smearing wine or vinegar for a wound, for an ache. So that's clearly for an ache. No one does it in a regular time and therefore it's not allowed. Oil in those days was a normal thing to smear when you're healthy. As a moisturizer, so if you're doing it on a wound, it's fine. Today not, actually. Then... What about rose oil? So rose oil, uh, the Tanakhama says it's a rare thing. It's very expensive. You only use it for a wound, so you're not allowed to use it. However, a prince, he would use it regularly, so you could use it for a wound as well. So Rav Shimon, no, no, no. If it's allowed for one, it's allowed for everyone. Because everyone could have been a prince, just, you know, he was born to the wrong family. But he could have been a prince, and therefore it's allowed. Now Rav said you could use rose oil. Now the rule is we don't pass on like Rav Shimon usually. Um, does Rav hold that in Hilcha Shabbos we pass on like Shimon when he's more lenient? Now there's a famous Machlekas on Shabbos about Dover She'ini Miskaven if you're not intending to do a Malachim that Rabbi Yehuda says it's not allowed and Rabbi Shimon says it's allowed and we know clearly that Rav said that the Halachas like Rabbi Yehuda so how can he pass on like Shimon over here when it's a leniency and I guess in the Rabbonim I guess that's the, that's the connect, question 
in in uh, one second. Okay, that Rav says it's a question about Bichlal and Shabbos. Taisva says that the, the idea is it, it's the same idea as Dover Shani Miskavin because um, if you're if you're not the question is if you're not a prince, are you allowed to smear rose oil for fun on Shabbos? So Rav Shimon, okay, let, let's not get into that. That's a bit too complicated. Let, let's just stick to the Rashi. The question is, does he pass like Rav Shimon in the coolest of Shabbos? Says the Gemara, no, he doesn't. So why does he say he could smear rose oil? It's a technical thing. In his place, rose oil was common. Since rose oil is common, so everyone would smear rose oil in his place. And therefore it's allowed. But really, if something is rare, he passes like Tanakama, then you're not allowed to smear something rare, even if other rich people would use it. Um, if you wouldn't, then you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to smear. Now we mentioned a few small things on the, on the way. One thing was that Rabbe holds that, that if something is allowed in one particular case, they didn't make a gzed. It's allowed in other cases as well. The example was toveling. Toveling is allowed on Shabbos for a man because it, it doesn't look like he's fixing himself. Unlike Kalim, it looks like he's just uh, cooling himself off. So if so, it should be not allowed on Yom Kippur because you're not allowed to cool yourself off with the water on Yom Kippur. But if it's allowed on Shabbos, it's allowed on Yom Kippur. They didn't make the Xayda. And therefore, once he said that, he took back what he said. They cannot drink vinegar after you dip the bread because it's not normal to drink vinegar then because if it's allowed before, it's allowed after as well. He also mentioned about clogging a barrel of wine with a cloth that even Reb Shimon would agree that you're not allowed to push the, the, the plug with the cloth into the barrel of wine because it's definitely going to squeeze out wine. And therefore, it's not allowed. Um, yeah, that's basically it.